Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. I want to mention that we will not have an episode on this coming Monday in observance of the 4th of July, my favorite holiday of the year. I want to tell you why the 4th of July is my favorite. I am a grandson of four immigrants to the United States, and I love this country. I love the opportunity that it gave to my family that I have had, and I so, in my heart and soul, I'm so grateful that this country, a beacon of hope for the rest of the world, exists, and that I had an opportunity to live in this great land. A lot of times, we don't really appreciate what we have in this country. I want to tell you, I appreciate it every single day. And I want to tell you, we do have a fun podcast today. Starting out with Clark Stinks. And later, I have some news about tech developments happening in the car insurance business. Clark Stinks is something that we've done for about 20 years. And it's where I get feedback from you, where you feel I've given incomplete, inaccurate, bad information, where you feel I've been off the mark. And I want you to go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let me know if you feel like I didn't do the right job serving you. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, Clark, um, we'll start out with this one. Someone who is as knowledgeable as you and a mensch to boot could never really stink, but there was a slight odor emanating from your podcast when you discussed getting a house ready to sell. When we did that a few years ago, we spent about $2,500 to have the exterior and several rooms painted in popular neutral colors. We spent another $1,000 or so on various small projects, including some updated landscaping. The eventual buyers redid everything. In the end, I think a longtime local Houston radio home show host puts it well. Declutter to the nth degree and get it as clean as you can. And don't overreact when presented with the buyer's inspection report. If they really want the house, they'll negotiate. That's completely true. But I also think what you did was wise. Um, I get it that the local host in Houston feels you should just declutter and get it clean. But I think neutral colors really, really help. Your buyer ended up gutting the place and doing a whole bunch of things. But a lot of buyers want a place that they can picture as a neutral canvas that their imagination sees them living there and having 
just plain neutral colors was worth the money you spent. Maybe not with this buyer, but the averages say it was. And you're right as well in a seller's market that you don't have to overreact to anybody's inspection report. Because in this market, if they don't want to buy it, it seems somebody else is going to be there in hours or days. The long accepted term for less product content in the same size box is grocery shrink ray. Grocery shrink ray was coined over 10 years ago and continues to be the proper term for something that has been around a long time but is now accelerating due to the real inflation that you and the liberal press claim is not happening, Frank. (laughs) Thanks, Frank. So, uh, first of all, there's a lot of confusion among economists on the cost increases, the inflation we're seeing right now. If it is a temporary spike, due to dislocation and disruption from the pandemic, or if we have real inflation being baked into the economy that will disrupt our economy for years to come and do a shrink ray to people's paychecks. It's just unclear yet to me which it is. Um, One of the things pushing inflationary pressures is something I talked about on a recent podcast, that we just have too much money sloshing around that the Federal Reserve and the federal government have pumped into the economy, and we need to turn those spigots off. But, Frank, we really won't know if we have a serious inflation problem like we had in the late 1970s into 1981. Uh, We won't know that for probably another 6 to 18 months. Clark, I truly believe you are a good person and do your best to help people. That said, I thank God that the majority of Americans don't shop like you do. If they did, our economy would be in shambles. Rob in Arizona. um, Rob, I'm not quite sure what you mean. I think it means you don't spend any money. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So in the short term, it's true. If Americans did not consume as much it would disrupt the economy. In the long term, Americans saving more money actually would make the economy stronger. Short-term pain for long-term gain. Americans historically have spent too much of the money they make, and it's created uh, financial insecurity in people's lives. So my obsession with being careful what I spend and wanting others to be careful with what they spend does look initially as harmful, but I promise you long-term, it actually sets us up for a much stronger economy. And a couple about this one. When you were talking about cars, you said that the average life of a vehicle was 12.5 years and that half of vehicles were older and half were younger. You don't stink, but your understanding of the difference between the average and the median do. And dude, thank you for how much you help us all, Mark. Mark? (laughs) I mean, you're right. Median, half are older, half are younger. And average uh, works out differently. But I would bet with vehicles that the, the median and the average are actually pretty close. And regardless of how you look at it, the net effect is that the aging of the American vehicle fleet is actually really a good thing that vehicles are being made 
so much more reliably than they used to be, and they have real longevity to them. It's not unusual for a vehicle to go hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles before anything really major goes wrong. Clark, I'm sure I heard you say a while ago that reserving a room that was part of blocked rooms for a wedding was not the best deal because the hotel was taking these rooms out of their inventory. Well, we have booked two different times for different weddings, and the rate for the blocked room was substantially lower. In one case, the room was $100 a night lower. Margie. Margie, that's really cool. So what I do anytime there's a room block, whether I'm attending a meeting or a convention, a wedding or special event, is you know what the rate is for that event, and then you check and see what the rate is otherwise. And whichever is lower is the one you want. The fact that you found that the uh, special event rate, the wedding rate, was much lower is really great. Now, I will tell you that I've been to some really, really fancy weddings out of town that the room rates were incredible where the wedding was being held. And being cheap guy, I just stayed nearby rather than at the wedding facility. And I was at a, a conference for a board I'm on uh, in 2019 that the conference rate at where the meeting was was four times what I paid nearby at a limited service hotel. This is my third time reaching out with the same observation. Your continual bashing of Russian leader Putin while always having positive thoughts toward the China leader or China in general. Do you have Chinese investments? Is that the reason for your blind praise of them? I realize you will not respond, but wanted to point out once again, China is nowhere near better than Russia. In fact, they're much worse in many ways considering their currency manipulation, military encroachment, and especially human rights violations. You should give your criticism to both countries' bad policies equally. James. James, I'm just smiling, listening, reading, uh, hearing Krista read your post, hearing the words, because... I have received so much criticism over the years for what I've said about communist China and the infringements on people's freedom. And you look at what they've done to their own citizens, locking them up without trial, billing their families when they execute someone for the cost of the execution, uh, holding people incommunicado. What just happened with ending freedoms in Hong Kong violating the treaty that said that Hong Kong was to remain independent till 2047 uh, and just, I mean, uh, just violating that completely. This is a country that does not have the same values we do. There's, uh, it was just testimony in Congress whether the Chinese were going to invade Taiwan, the only free part of China left. And that the Chinese building all these aircraft carriers and building this massive navy, having a dictator who is a brutal guy who's into absolute power. So you want me to talk nicely about dictator Xi? I can't. The Putin thing. Putin has been a really bad guy as long as he's been on the public scene, and he remains that. And... I don't know why you think I don't notice the problems in China and only notice Russia, 
But both of these nations are a direct threat to peace and freedom in the world. And the Chinese, because of their tremendous economic and military power, are probably a bigger threat to peace and security and freedom in the world than the Russians. So there you have it. And I'm sure that if I try to get a visa to go to communist China... Glad we already did a staff trip there. No kidding. (laughs) Okay, love your show, but you missed it on the Apple Card. You have to pay the bill on your phone every month and not the normal way with a physical bill in the mail. Joseph. Uh, Joseph, I guess, is referring to... We've been we've had two questions recently on whether the Apple Card was a good card to have, and I talked about the limitations in using it, but I did not mention the way you are billed and the way you must pay your bill, and I apologize for that oversight, Joseph. Clark, I've listened to you and viewed your shows almost from their inception. You mention Amazon all the time. Do you have a personal investment in the company? I ask because you don't mention eBay. Do you have biases against that company? You stink for not giving equal advertising, business advocacy, nor praise to a company which I use and has been of great benefit to me, especially during COVID shutdowns. I don't shop Amazon due to their censorship and biased stances. What gives? Um, I, I know you can't listen to every podcast or hear everything I say, but I do talk about eBay frequently, and I shop on eBay regularly eBay is a more open platform than most of the other places you can do e-commerce. And there's a certain libertarian wisdom of the crowd is a seller's ratings and number of transactions give you not a, a ironclad sense of safety buying from a particular seller, but it sure is a good indication. And I have been overwhelmingly happy with the things I bought on eBay and especially the pricing of the things that I bought on eBay. You recently talked about using a rental car on toll roads and how you bought a toll pass at a convenience store and then registered the car to that pass so you didn't get gouged by the tolls being charged to the rental car plate. I tried to do the same in Florida because that's what I was told to do by the rental car agent. Because someone else had done the same thing, I got an error that the vehicle was already registered to someone else's transponder. Apparently, if someone like you does not remove it from the account, the next user cannot register the rental car. Brenda. Wow, Brenda, thank you for that heads up. I've never had that happen to me. And I guess that could happen that somebody else would do what we're talking about, that they would buy a toll reader for a rental car. I guess it's something not too many people do. And that's why I've never had the problem that you had. But I really appreciate you saying that. It means I've got to go to my default, which is that I tell Google Nav that I want only routes that are toll-free. Coming straight ahead, speaking of your car, is your car spying on you for your insurance company? Well, I've got some good news for you around what's been a very controversial topic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're at about one generation since the people at Progressive first came up with the idea of charging for auto insurance that was done on how much you drive, when you drive, where you drive, how you drive. And the idea of telematics, watching you all the time as you drive, has been something that is a a privacy issue. And a lot of people won't even consider using an insurer that does those things. Well, this is an area that, yeah, there's a potential benefit, but yeah, there's also all these invasive aspects to it. And since Progressive did it with a pretty rudimentary way at first, now it's far more sophisticated. The metrics that insurers are able to follow with you when you are behind the wheel, they're there watching you all the time. Not literally, but digitally. And then they set your rates accordingly. Well, I'm particularly fascinated by a new small competitor named Mile Auto. Mile Auto is only available in four states so far, but they'll definitely be in a number of others over time. They don't say how quickly they'll spread, but they're in Illinois, Oregon, Arizona, and Georgia right now. You go to the thing under their their thing and ask when they're going to be in other states. All they say is we're expanding to other states soon. How soon? I mean, who knows? Does that mean a month, a year, five years, 10 years? I guess it depends on how well they do. But what Mile Auto does that's different than all the other insurers is they just charge you simply a base rate based on their uh, your driving history and age and all that, and then you pay per mile. So the more you drive, the more you pay, the less you drive, the less you pay. So according to them, even though you have people who drive a ton of miles, roughly two-thirds of people drive less than 10,000 miles a year. And auto insurance rates are generally set up with the idea that you're driving 12 to 15,000 miles a year. So you could potentially, with a pay-by-the-mile auto insurance, if you fit as a driver who drives less than 10,000 miles a year, you could save quite a bit of money. But what makes mile auto different from what everybody else is doing? They don't spy on how you drive, when you drive, anything like that. All they do is charge you for the miles you drive. They don't even put in a device into your car to track what you're doing. You're not going to believe what you do. You take a picture of your, your odometer once a month and send it to them, and then you pay for the miles you've used since the prior month, period. So I love this, and unfortunately... Only four of the 50 states, people can use this so far. But I think that's really, really a great alternative I want you to know about. Okay, Clark Kareem in Connecticut says, My wife was a co-signer on her father's mortgage, and he lost his business due to COVID. 
He had a mortgage moratorium, and now his bank is reporting the mortgage as delinquent. The house is also listed for sale, but is there anything my wife can do? Her credit score fell from 797 to 640. Is this going to stain her credit for five years? So the mortgage moratorium is not supposed to be reported as part of the COVID relief statutes. Now, those things are expiring this year, but this has happened again and again and again. What your wife should do is she should report the lender to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau at consumerfinance.gov for violating the COVID-related statutes. Contact the mortgage lender and say they're not supposed to be reporting the loan as delinquent, and maybe they will correct it. She should tell them that she's already filed a complaint with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. If they correct it, then you don't have to worry about a stain. But if the loan is in moratorium, I'm thinking it shouldn't be being reported as delinquent anyway. So the drop in the score shouldn't be happening. Um, If for whatever reason she can't fix this, then her credit will suffer for a while. Co-signing is a very, very, very dangerous thing. The good news is the house is listed for sale. The market is very strong. Hopefully it will sell very soon. This is from Thomas in Alabama. I recently had someone try to use my credit card number to purchase groceries. The credit card company notified me immediately about the fraud and the purchase was denied and I canceled the card. Why don't credit card companies require a PIN number before the card can be used? Target does this with my red card. So, Thomas, this is a standard procedure, what's known as chip and pen, in almost every other country in the world except the United States. Visa and MasterCard in the United States made a decision that they would rather have a certain level of fraud than have people have to use pens to use a card. Their concern was that people would use their cards less often because they'd forget, oh, the pen for this one is this, the pen for that one's the other, and they'd get there and they wouldn't put in the right one and it would be declined. So they made the decision to keep our system exposed to additional fraud as a way of making it easier for you to use your card. And this is from Tanya in Georgia. I'm looking to open a business, and I want to know the steps to present the, to the bank for a loan the cost, managing, business plan, first and second year yields, presentation, real estate and laws, etc. So what I'm going to recommend to you, Tanya, is find a chapter of SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives, SCORE.org. Uh, they were not meeting w- with people in person for a long time because of the pandemic. Many SCORE chapters now are doing one-on-one counseling again, either in person or still doing it by Zoom or something like that. These are people who love entrepreneurs, want to help them. They will uh, assign a mentor to you at many affiliates who will help you through the process of doing your business plan and the various steps on getting started. They also offer a variety of of either free or extremely low-cost seminars. This is a true nonprofit there to serve you. Again, it's called SCORE.org. 
And this is from Richard in Colorado. Based on Clark's advice, I froze my credit at all three major credit bureaus last year and have written confirmation from them that the freeze was applied. Last week, I saw a credit card promotion from a major oil company and applied online by answering a few simple questions. This was a test as I fully expected to be declined due to the credit freezes. To my surprise, I was instantly approved. I followed up with the oil company and I was told that one of the credit bureaus had given their approval. The only confidential info I provided in the simple online application was the last four digits of my social security number. I'm not sure if this has anything to do with it, but my credit score is 839. Could this be the reason for the instant approval? So I don't know this is still going on, Richard, but in the past, issuers of cards would would solicit from pre-certified lists or pre-approved lists where they tell a credit bureau, hey, we're looking for people who have credit scores and blah, blah, blah range, and they might solicit you for a card. The thing about this is with your credit frozen, you would think that they would not be able to have information on you. But the credit bureaus are in the business of selling off information and selling off lists. This may be a loophole that Experian has has fit themselves through that allows them to come up with people who would be good candidates to issue cards to just blindly. And it's possible that's it. But it is really not in the spirit of how credit freeze is supposed to work because the idea is to prevent you or anyone else from being able to open a new line of credit. If Experian has a different explanation and wants to share it with us, we'd love to hear it. I want to remind you, there's no episode on Monday. I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July celebrating our nation with your family and your friends.